Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. All right. So, who enjoyed the cold this week? What a bunch of party poopers, the ones that said no. Yes. All right. Who's hoping it gets colder? (laughs) Who's hoping it gets warmer? Ah, uh, all right. Well, I don't, I don't, apparently it was Groundhog Day the other day, and I didn't even know what the Groundhog did. Did he see a shadow? No? I don't even know what that means if he didn't, so. It's spring? Ugh. All right. That just means more rain and slush. That's all that means. <laughs> Thank you, John. I can always count on John for the support. All right. So, question for you. Outside of your family, if you had to list the most five most important people in your life, who would they be? Outside of family, who are the five most important people in your life? Don't say it out loud, just in case there's someone near you who thinks they're your top five, you know? <laughs> All right. But think about it. The, most, the five most important people in your life outside of family. Might be really easy, might be hard. Maybe you're debating who's number five. And let's just be real here, we don't do ties, okay? There's no tie for fifth. It's fifth, sixth. There's no tie for fifth, all right? But who are the five most important people? And if they randomly came up to you one day and said, they're going away and you're never going to see them again, what would you do? That they were, all of a sudden, they were just going to go away. You'd never see them, again, see them again. And if you were able to, would you follow them? Would you want to be with them? Or would you, be, would you be okay to stay back? Do they bring that much blessing to your life? Or do they bring that much non-blessing to your life? And so today, the title of my message is called A Present Double Portion. And so I'm looking at 2 Kings chapter 2. And in 2 Kings chapter 2, we see the ending of the relationship between Elijah and Elisha. I'm going to really have to work on making sure I pronounce those so I'm not saying Elijah twice. All right, but we see the relationship of Elijah and Elisha and the importance of faithful devotion to each other. All right, so I'm starting at 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. So it says, Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord God has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. 
So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. So 2 Kings makes known to us right away that the Lord is going to come at any moment and he's going to take Elijah up in a whirlwind. And this is significant because throughout the Old Testament, oftentimes when it talks about people dying, it talks about them going down to Sheol. But in this case, God is saying that he's going to take Elijah up into the heavens to be with him. This gives us a look at Elijah's devotion and relationship with God. He won't die, but rather he'll be taken. And it's a reminder to us in these days that, when, that one day the Lord will return. And that he will take those who love and follow him to be with him. And so as they are leaving Gilgal, as they are getting ready, are they leaving for Gilgal and getting ready uh, to journey on to the next? They, come, they are leaving the place where the Israelites once left and set up 12 stones of remembrance of how the Lord had been with them, how the Lord had brought them out of Egypt, how the Lord had made a way for them out of Egypt into the promised land. And in these moments, Elijah decides to do something. Instead of being sentimental before he goes with Elisha, he decides to put Elisha to the test. And he wants to see if Elisha will remain with him. If he will remain with him to the very end. And he tests him three times. And all three times are in three different places. And Elisha really has no need to go to any of these places. And every single time, though, Elisha's response is the same. He says, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Think of that. There's such a commitment there. As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And he's saying that, and in the midst of this, there's these prophets, sons of prophets, that come out to him every time, and that remind him that his soon his master will be gone. They're basically telling him, man, you have, you have the opportunity, you have the door to walk away. You can leave him first. That he doesn't have to stick around. Yet, it's Elisha's devotion to Elijah that is the most remarkable. Because every time he responds to the same, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. You know, when you hear that, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. It kind of sounds like he's saying it in an annoyance. Maybe some of you have said that to your kids before. Maybe you said it to each other before. Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. You're all laughing, but you all know it's true. 
And so it sounds like annoyance, but really it's said of love, respect, and honor. Because the reality is, in that day, if someone were to talk about the passing of someone else before they, were even, they had even passed, it was seen as disrespectful and dishonoring. Elisha remained devoted no matter what was to come. And it's a reminder of, to us to be devoted in the test. That God does test us. And he's asking how devoted you are in the test. And so even in the present of what you're in the midst of right now in your lives, do you remain devoted? That when you're tested and in a season where there's every reason to pull away, when there's every reason to step back, when there's every reason to say, I'm done, do you remain committed? Do you remain devoted to seeing it through to the very end? Your devotion is the source of your obedience. One of my favorite movie series, and I got made fun of this morning for this, Christina, is The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Thank you, John. When a, in the series, we follow the growing relationship, friendship of two hobbits. And these hobbits' names are Frodo and Sam. And Frodo is on a mission to destroy this all-powerful ring because every nation wants this ring because this ring has all the power and it just causes incredible evil and pride. It devours people, but people are so attracted by it because of all of its power. And so Frodo is on, is given, gets hold of this ring, and he's on a mission to destroy the ring. And his friend Sam, although Sam doesn't have to join him, Sam makes a commitment at the very start that he is going to see Frodo through to the very end. And so I have a clip here of part of the movie. So if you want to look, focus, take, put your eyes on the big screen. It's like Cineplex. Well, check this scene out. All right. So you see in that scene, Frodo is pulling away. But Sam has made a commitment. He's devoted to his friend. He's devoted to seeing him through to the very end. And throughout the movie, there's, there's different times in, throughout the series where that, that type of thing happens where Frodo's trying to pull away, but he has a devoted friend that is drawing near. That will follow him to the very end. Kind of reminds me of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah's telling Elisha that he, does, he can stay. He doesn't have to go. But Elisha keeps drawing near. He's devoted in the test. Verse 7. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went out and stood at some distance from them. And as they both were standing, 
by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water would be parted on the one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. God is present in the test. Fifty men watch as Elijah and Elisha stand at the shore of the Jordan River. Elijah takes his coat, rolls it up, and strikes the water. The water's part providing a way across on the dry, dry ground, just as, he parted, just as the Lord had parted the waters for the Israelites when they left Egypt. In the testing moment, the Lord had been present. The Lord was present then. He was making a way. He saw the test. He knew what was to come, and he was making a way. And once they are over, Elijah asks Elisha what he can do for him before he is taken. He sees that Elisha has not left his side. He sees that he's not going anywhere, that he's going to see him through to the very end. And Elisha asks for something that's very hard. He asks for a double portion of Elijah's spirit on him. A hard request, but Elijah has the faith and has the awareness to know that anything's possible with God. That God sees, God is present, and that God can provide. And so he says to Elisha, that if, he see, if Elisha is to see him be taken up into the heavens, that God would grant him that double portion. But if he's to not see Elijah be taken up into the heavens, he will not get that double portion. And as they're crossing the Jordan, as they're talking, the Lord takes him up into the heavens. And we see that God was present with them both. And it's a reminder that as we are present, as God is present with us, we also need to be present with him. When we are present, he responds. He responds in the miraculous. He responds loudly. He responds quietly. It says, chariots of fire and the horses of fire separate the two, and Elijah is taken up into heaven in a whirlwind, in which Elisha cries out, my father, my father, that chariots of fire and the horsemen. Elijah was known as the prophet of fire. So many times when you read, this, when you read about the life of Elijah, there's times of the Lord sending down fire. And so in his obedience to God, he is taken up 
in fire. And in those moments of being taken up, Elisha sees what is being fulfilled in Elijah's life. He sees a movement of God and the homecoming of a saint. A spiritual father in his life that ascended into the throne room because of his obedience to God. And so today, what are you choosing to walk in? Are you carrying a a spirit of Elijah that in hard moments is preparing for what's ahead and leaving ready what is to remain? Or are you Elisha who is persistently going to draw near no matter what, seeking what is yours to inherit no matter where you stand, either role has a test. We don't like tests. I don't think I've ever heard someone say, I like tests. I've never heard one of my, our youth say, I like exams. No one ever gets excited about the test. No one ever gets excited about the exam. But they get excited about the reward. It's either a test of preparation or a test of response. How are you preparing or how are you drawing near? Are you responding in full devotion to God? That of how he's worked maybe in the lives of the people around you. Maybe how he's working in your life. And how is that being shown to others? Elisha saw in those moments what Elijah had lived for all his life. He saw the reason Elijah was so dedicated. The reason that Elijah kept coming back to, the, to God. In the midst of his own fear, in the midst of his own insecurity, he kept coming back. His life was a testimony to Elisha. And Elisha got to see the promise Fulfilled in Elijah's life. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water had parted to the one side and the other, and Elisha went over. The tearing of his into of his own clothes. It says it's as if to symbolize the tearing of a veil to say what to say that what was once fully seen, what was once not fully seen is now unveiled to them. Elisha has seen God. And in seeing him, he knows him. And he asks in grief, 
where, where is the God of where is the God of Elijah? And he takes the cloak that fell from Elijah, a mantle. This cloak is a mantle of the passing. It's the passing of a blessing. It's the passing of favor. That the life Elijah lived had prepared Elisha for what was to come. He takes the cloak, he rolls it up, and he strikes the water, and the water parts. The same God who is with Elijah responds because of Elisha's devotion. Elisha experiences a double portion from the Lord in his faithfulness to see the test through. He receives the passing of a mantle from Elijah to speak on behalf of the Lord. There's a double portion that God wants to give you today. It's one that you might not see yet. It's one maybe you've been waiting for for a long time. Maybe you're waiting and you're seeking and you feel like you're so devoted, but it's still not coming. And maybe you're asking, where is the God of Elijah? Maybe you keep drawing near, but it's just test after test after test. And it feels like you're being worn down. And you're just waiting for that double portion You're waiting for that fire to come, for that flame to ignite, and you're just waiting for the Lord to reveal himself to you. The double portion can be different things to each of us. Maybe you need a fresh anointing this morning. Maybe you need a healing. Maybe as we worshiped, you you feel like you need liberty need freedom. Maybe you're seeing, in some, you're seeing things in someone else's life that are happening and their faithfulness to God and you're, and you're just saying, God, just give me the devotion to see you through like they are. Maybe, maybe you're, you're that you're an Elijah for someone else. That in your life as you've gone through everything, now it's your, it's your time to bless someone and give a double portion unto them through the work of the Lord. So as we close today in the midst of the test, are you faithful to ask and receive? Depending on who you are, sometimes the asking is hard. Sometimes the receiving is hard. Sometimes we don't know what to ask. Sometimes we don't know what to receive. But I firmly believe when we're devoted when we show devotion unto the Lord, when we show a commitment unto the Lord, no matter the circumstances, no matter the place, that he will bless us, that God will respond and provide a gift to you.
Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.